Welcome to Super Talk, the podcast that scratches your superhero itch. Just two suburban dads nerding out over superhero stuff on the small screen and the big. Buckle up, people. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to Super Talk, the weekly podcast dedicated to news and reviews of comic book media on the big and small screen. This is episode number 17. Whoa! I'm your host, Brian Professor Pettis, and with me, as always, is my illustrious co-host, Titanium Tony Estrella. Titanium! Professor, how are you, sir? Big weekend for you this weekend. Yeah. Birthday weekend. Yeah, right? yeah. Happy birthday, Titanium. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, I, and before we get too far into the show, I, I do have a gift for you, which, oh. which I'll give you right now. Wow, on-show gift? Okay. I dig that. Yeah, it's uh okay. Now, it's not two women dressed as superheroes coming down with a cupcake, <laughs> but... That's right. Um, we did for your birthday. We yeah. had uh, some superhero guests. Can I open it on air? Oh, for sure. Oh, okay, great. Wow. Wow. It is a very nice road to the Marvel Studios Avengers Endgame. Wow. So it is all the um, concept art for Beautiful. Avengers Endgame. Wow, look at that book. Very gorgeous book. An absolute gorgeous book. Very well made. Thick paper. Great construction. The concept art. All the concept art. So the really cool thing about this book is, and you know, the fact they published this book after the movie was released, so they weren't worried about giving away any secrets, but it goes into like every scene that they were filming and what they were thinking about. And and they they show you like concept drawings and then what each one of these scenes looked like. So yeah, it's it's beautiful. Really Thank awesome. you, sir. Thank you, professor. You're welcome. Wow. And of course I got a book from the professor, always taking us to school. Well, now I got a book to study from. Thank you. Wasn't, awesome. Wasn't gonna give you any of the really valuable books, but that one you can have. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're very welcome and happy birthday. Thank you. I'm sorry I was not able to partake in the festivities over the weekend. I was uh away at a, a basketball tournament all weekend in Pittsburgh, but uh, I'm glad you had a it's good It's probably time. best. You would have ended up with a nasty hang, a hangover. and uh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. There was nothing good going on there. Nothing but fireball shots and uh, well wishes. So thank you for those that threw that. That was awesome. All right. Well, before we get into the bulk of the show, we want to make sure we thank our sponsors. First, Studio G, G Studios, Home of the Man Band, Corn on the Cob. Uh, please visit them at their YouTube page. We always link it in our show notes. Uh, give them some support because they continue to give us great support. What's going on over at uh, Studio, Studio G? G Studios. They're still working on some new hits. Uh, uh, Birdfly uh, was one of the songs that uh, he he sent over to me, testing me. The band's been working really hard on some new material. Uh, but they're doing great. Fun show. Uh, Studio G, G Studios. Thank you so much for all your support and uh, all the fun graphics and um, little bits of music that you give us. That's awesome. And we're still waiting for the official Super Talk release, that he's actually bringing G. in um, some musicians to help with that. Some, I would say, professional musicians. Uh, so much I, better than unprofessional musicians because well, those unpro- those are just, that's just nothing but trouble. Unprofessional musicians are a hell of a lot funner than professional musicians. I tell you that. So, yeah, we're we're working on that, uh, and it's a, it's a work in progress. So that'd be awesome. I can't wait for you guys to hear that. But thank you, Studio G, and, and please give them some support. And also, we want to thank 
the listeners who bring you this show, and those are our patrons. Patreon.com slash supertalk. You want to become a patron of the show, $1 per episode. That's all it takes to support the show directly. And you are now one of the, the listeners that brings the show to the audience. Um, thank you for those of you who signed up already. Um, it's really easy to do. Please support the show directly. And again, everything that we get from our patrons and our sponsors is going right back to our audience. Uh, so thank you so much for the patrons that we have. And, and if you want to support us, go straight there. Yeah, thank all of them. Uh, we really appreciate that. And uh, you're absolutely correct. Anything that comes through uh, the wire for us, we turn around and give it right back to you guys. All right, we've got a lot to get into this week. First and foremost... Falcon and Winter Soldier finale, episode six, dropped on Friday. Yep. I, I, I'm sure you've had a chance to watch it several times. Since I did. it did come out. Um, let's go through it. Let's, let's let the audience know what we thought. Okay. Uh, what's, your, what's your overall feel for it? So I thought the finale itself was a little disappointing, um, just because I thought it could have been better. And again, I know they were working with a lot of changes to the rewrites and, and limitations from a plot perspective that caused some challenges. Um, but there were a lot of things about it. I did like, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll kind of get into that. That's so a fair assessment. Yeah, I would, how, I would what agree. do you think? Uh, I was disappointed. Um, I still think episode five is my favorite episode. Um, I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Uh, this episode, you could really tell that they cut out a huge plot point, which was the pandemic, the virus, and the real motive uh, behind the Flag Smashers. I, I think it was very, very obvious. Some of the shots, some of the tight shots uh, were unnecessary. They really didn't give you a scope of what was happening uh, at the end. So, uh, I, I felt, and we can get more into it, but yeah. um, I was a little disappointed. And then the big reveal, I was even more disappointed, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. So let's get into that. That's kind of how the episode started, right? We got, you know, the Flag Smashers at the Global Reformation Council GRC headquarters, and that's how we ended the last episode. They had revealed they were going to take over and prevent the vote that was going to be happening around yeah. resettlement of the refugees. They're taking over, and and police have surrounded the facility, and all of a sudden, you know, Bucky's there, and... Falcon's flying around this guy and he shows up, comes crashing through a window and he's in his Captain America uniform. Well, I'm sorry if you felt like that's what I was talking about. Oh, I thought that, that was reveal, the big reveal. Well, it wasn't big about. because we knew it was coming. Right. I mean, I, I, I told you I needed that and I got it and it was spectacular. I, that probably was worth the show itself, the, the finale, to see him in that and also to experience some of the action. Uh, him flying through that window... Uh, with, with the, the shield, shield yeah. uh, I thought was dramatic and it was very appropriate and obviously paid off big dividends because it was the talk of the town. Right. right? And, and very incredibly comic book accurate. Anybody that's seen um, the Captain America version of Falcon in the comics, that uniform is spot on. It is absolutely perfect the way that he was portrayed in the comic books. And that was, I think, a huge gift to the fans we finally are now giving you the version of the falcon captain america that we had always planned to give you in the show and i thought the uniform was great and spot the, on the way that he kind of took on the role and, and you know several I, I think one of the guards in the facility said who are you and he says i'm captain america he goes what he said i thought he was on the moon i thought right? you were on the moon I thought, you, I thought he was on the moon yeah that was great um 
but yeah, you know, they, and there's a confrontation between him and, and, uh, Batrock, which we knew was coming. Uh, the two of them kind of face off and fight against each other. Great little, you know, stunt scene between the two of them, you know, yeah. nice little battle. You uh, get to see some of the functionality of his new Wakanda suit, um, which I think was brilliant. I think, uh, everything that they did with it was fantastic. The uh, wings look just super cool. Very intuitive. I mean, and and cool. you see how far his, his, uh, costume, let's say that the wings have come in the first, the first time we ever saw him wear them in uh, the winter soldier movie, they were, they looked like paper thin you yeah. know, wings. They were really kind of fragile. And then we saw him later on in future movies. And he, even in, in the earlier parts of this se- season where they were metal, you know, we saw that also in civil war, more structure to the wings themselves. Yeah. But these are like upgrade 3.0 yeah. wings. And, you, yeah. and, and that was, I guess what we were, promised when the Wakandans designed it you know yeah. this is going to be your uniform and your wings with the Wakandan technology that that yeah. you should have right you, you know the suitcase that they delivered for, with the suit is very the design of that suitcase was the same design of the suitcase that they delivered to the white wolf when uh, oh he got his arm yeah when he got his arm that right. same suitcase design uh, is that same suitcase but I thought it was brilliant I, that was not disappointing it, it almost it, it made the show worthwhile for me to see that and probably one or two other things in that show. Um, it, it made it worthwhile. So yeah. you're right. That that fight scene between him and, and Batrock. Is that how you say Batrock, yeah. Batrock. I thought that was awesome. Batrock the Leaper. The Leaper, yeah. yeah. Big kicker. And it was great when they were fighting and then he says au-, au revoir and he jumps out the window and throws his shield and then goes and catches it. I mean... He just really, you can kind of tell he's put some time in and, and working with the shield with his new new uniform yeah. and new wings and things. And um, the whole scene of him flying around and getting with the, the, helicopter. the helicopter was great. I mean, just kind of showed you not only the technology he has it at his disposal and Red Wings back. We got that, yeah. which was great um, and was very integral in his ability to do some things in the, in the show. So I think overall, Sam's portrayal of Captain America and the, and the Falcon version of Captain America was great. I was very happy with that. The whole plot around the Flag Smashers and, you know, Bucky being there and Sharon Carter shows up. He's he's like, I called in, you know, Sam says, I called in some backup and she shows up. And, you know, and at that point in time, Tony, I knew where they were going with her character. Right. But right, well, you want to talk about disappointing that that's the big cameo, the big reveal. I'm sorry. That's the big reveal that I was extremely disappointed in. I I felt like it was cheapened and I felt like it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense with her background in everything unless they unless there's some kind of twist like she's a there's, scroll or she's she's infiltrating somebody bigger and somebody more powerful that she talked to on the, at the end the after credit scene on the phone I, I don't know but there's I, a couple I of angles I think they're taking and we can we'll get into this a little bit later in the show but I think there's two angles with her character one is yes she's a scroll version of Sharon Carter so we know the secret invasion uh, Disney Plus series is coming, and we have news about that coming up later in the show. That is coming to Disney Plus, and that is all about the scrolls infiltrating higher levels of government and higher levels of superhero teams with scroll versions of characters that we know. And so, if that is a scroll version of Sharon Carter, it would explain a lot as to her motivation. Yeah. Right? Because she's now, to your point, dirtied her family name and, yeah. you know 
Peggy Carter was such a integral part of form, formation of Shield, fighting and, everything. She's right. a, the power broker is she, right. Pe- Peggy Carter was against everything the power broker ha- is about. So right. I, I don't and, know. And so that I think that that's one angle they're going with her character. Bless you, by the way. Thank you. The other angle they could be going with her character is the formation of the Thunderbolts, which we'll talk about later in the show. Um, some of the motivation behind why she's doing what she's doing is directly related to how the Thunderbolts were originally founded. So maybe that's an angle that they're using her for as well. So we'll, we'll, we'll see that. I can see that. Um, yeah, I can, I can see that. But great fight scenes. Uh, I thought the way that um, Carly tricked Bucky with the phone call, kind of distracting him so that they could load up the prisoners or the, the GRC uh, people uh, hierarchy and move them out. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and redemption arc for John Walker. He shows up. He shows up and kicks some ass. And, and I love how he's conflicted. Like, you know, like the super serum is fucking with his mind. Yeah. And he's like, has this headache or something. And he's having these flashbacks as he's trying to fight. Should I do the right thing? Should I not do the right thing? And I, I think it was a, a great twist to his character, right? When well, he's I think, fighting and kind of joining them. And again, I, I, I think this kind of speaks to his character that, that I know from the comic books is that he ultimately is a patriot. I mean, he really is. He's a, he's a, you know, U S soldier. I mean, he is a patriot and he wants to do the right thing for America. Now he doesn't always do it the right way. Right. And he takes extraordinary steps to get his mission completed, which is why he is who he is. He's not Steve Rogers, but I think bringing him back and, you know, it was funny how quickly Sam and Bucky welcome them back onto the team. Like all of a sudden the three of them are like fighting the flag smashers together all of a sudden. And they're like, didn't even question that he was there. Well, I think they both had their handful and, and they were kind of welcome, welcome the help yeah. from him uh, fighting. And I, you know, it, it meant a lot that, to see him kind of, you know, jump in there. And then Bucky, they were about to smash him with a uh, metal pipe and he jumps in and kind of helps him out. But, you know, and then then John Walker kind of tries to save that car that was the the where, where all the uh, kidnapped people were from falling over into the yep, tries into to the pull construction. It. He tries yep. to pull it back and then he gets, of course, attacked. And, and stuff, then Sam ends up being the one that that gets the truck back up with his. Yeah. Suit. yeah so that was the big kind of like hero moment for Sam at that point in time, right? Yeah, that and saving the two, uh, the police helicopter. He pulled them from the police helicopter, and then the wings kind of formed this dome shield with the shield. And that was awesome. The helicopter crashes right on top of him. He's got the shield above his head and the wings around him, and it was basically invulnerable because they were all vibranium. Unbelievably strong, and it just shows the type of suit that he has. It speaks volumes of, I I think it was great. I I thought that part was great, and I love the way that they brought... Um, John Walker, the U.S. now the U.S. agent, back into the fold and made him somewhat of an anti-hero, you know, because great actor. The guy's a great actor. I mean, and he's uh, been destroyed in social media for unfair reasons, death I, threats, I and yeah. stuff. And you know what? The guy's playing the character, and he he, he played it very well. He I, did. He played I, it great. Yeah. And so later on in the show, kind of following on to that scene you mentioned with the truck um they then start chasing the flag smashers in this underground facility and then sharon carter shows up and confronts carly um and we get the big reveal that you're very disappointed about that she is the power broker that she had when she was kicked out of the u.s government she went to madripoor started a new life and was in business to tear down the governments that wronged her yeah that that carly 
admitted that that's why she was doing what she was doing as the power broker. She she, she wants never, to tear down governments. Well, she that never actually her. said I'm the power broker. She didn't disagree with Carly when she called him that. And then um, Batrack comes in and says, "So you're the power broker." No, he's like, so you're the power broker. Yeah, in his, in his uh, I now won four thing. times my money. Right, four times. And then she ends up, you know, tying up loose ends and shooting him and killing him. Kills Batrock. Carly shoots Sharon, mm-hmm. and then Falcon uh, Sam shows up, and they Sam fight. and Carly fight. And mm-hmm. Sam is very reluctant to fight against Carly. He's like, "Look." I don't necessarily agree with how you're doing things, but I agree with why you're doing things. And I don't want to fight you. And she is so angry and wants him to fight back. A misguided teenager, he calls her. Right. And and we get to see some of the other great features of his his, uh, his new uniform. I mean, at one point in time, he's got the shield in front of him. And his wings go behind him and, like, clamp him into the ground to keep him from, like, taking too much. It was, it was just really cool to see how intuitive the suit is to what he's doing yeah it it was really really cool yeah um but then uh sharon gets up and ends up shooting carly as you know carly pulls a gun on sam and is gonna gonna shoot him and we were gonna find out if his suit was also vibranium i'm pretty sure the suit would have taken a couple of bullets (laughs) right or his wings would have jumped in front of the bullets we would have found that out very quickly but uh and and both my son and i were thinking that that's what's gonna happen she's gonna shoot him and the bullet's gonna bounce right off but uh, Sharon wakes up and, and ends up shooting Carly. She dies. Yeah. Um, and then we see Sam carrying her down to, you know, the ambulances and, and he has this big speech in front of the nation, right? Yeah. I thought the speech was, uh, very important to the storyline. Uh, I think it, it set the tone and built that character structure for Sam, the new Falc, uh, the the new uh, Captain America. I thought it was great, but you know why was the senator there? Why? I, it well, just they were prisoners. To, I, I know they were prisoners. It just seemed very clunky to me. Again, I just I don't know. I felt like I think it was an important scene for the show. Yeah. to show that Sam is more than a superhero. Yeah. And I I think that that's the big distinction between him and Steve Rogers version of, of Captain America is that Sam as Captain America is much more socially aware. Yeah. And because of who he is. Sure. And and I think he brings and what he's been through and that he's a counselor for people with trauma brings that to the table. Yeah. And, and and, And I think that was important for Disney and Marvel specifically to establish Sam Wilson as a viable leading character. And he did a great, I mean, gosh, Anthony Mackie just has done a great job on the show. And he really did. Well, he obviously and, did. And we can talk about that later. How well he did shows in certain announcements. Right. But he's, uh, he's definitely, that speech was important for his character, for important as him taking on the role of Captain America to show that, look, I'm not just a superhero that's at your disposal. I'm here to fight for my country. I'm wearing the red, white, and blue as a black yep. man. You know, he talked about all of that. And he said, I know people are staring at me and they have resentment, but I'm doing it anyway because it's the right thing to do. Right, for my country. Right. Yeah. And and he's like, look, you guys have all the power. Who's sitting at the table with you when you were making these decisions? It, was, it really was a great speech. Great speech. And I love Bucky's comment after it was over. You know, Sam walks up to him and says, I was texting. I, I, all I heard was black man and, and stars and stripes. And, and, and I blanked out after that. It was kind of funny. Several jokes about the Black Falcon and Captain America now. I mean, they really, they really hammered home the fact that he now is Captain America. Right. Uh, with several times. Um, I just, and I you still just saw, think. You saw some of the pride that Bucky had in him as well. And, and, and I think 
we kind of got that a little bit in episode five that when Steve told Bucky that he was going to give Sam the shield, Bucky didn't fight for it himself. He's like, no, that's a great decision because Bucky knows how good Sam is. Yeah. And, and I think this is just validation that Steve's choice was right. Yeah. And, you know, I'm proud of the guy too, you know? <laughs> and again, we saw a little bit of that in the last episode, but I think we're both convinced that the two of them are linked now you know, to some extent forever, you know, they're going to be, I think so. The winter soldier and captain America are now going to be kind of paired together going forward for, some I, thought period it was, of time. I thought it was kind of cool the way they did that at the end. And, and they deserve and, that. The, the, they deserve that yeah, because absolutely. they've earned it through this show. Yeah. And they, and then they changed the title instead of, you know, the Falcon and winter soldier, they change it to captain America and the winter soldier, which to be honest with you, it should be captain America and Bucky because the winter soldier is dead. I mean, right. I, they need to move on from the winter soldier. So I, I thought that would have been even cooler if they said Captain America and Bucky, uh, you know, to give him because, you know, Sam. Grew that is from- a character that he probably should no longer be linked with. Is Correct. Point, yeah, right? that's my he's, point. He's grown out of that. As role. Sam grew into the Captain American role, Bucky grew out of the Winter Soldier and became Bucky and he became Captain America. I, th- I thought that would have been a real clincher and really cool for them to do. But. Still, the storyline, even Carly, one of her speeches was the same speech she gave at the at one of the uh, refugee camps. And you saw her fellow flag smashers kind of like question. She's like, I'm willing to die for my cause. I'm willing to go all the distance. I mean, this and and they were all looking at her like, are you kill the kill the kid? We're using them to negotiate kill off. You know, we have to kill off all the hostages and and all we're using them for negotiation. She's like, they don't they don't understand all of that, you know, Mm -hmm. and and she. And again, we'll get into this in our final thoughts about the show, but that was strange. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I it, think they were manufacturing drama plot, and plot, plot points, points yes. because of some of the ways they had to change things. Yeah, I, which I understand, but unfortunately, I think that whole end sequence and everything with her dying and her her speeches and the whole flat smashers, everything like that was a little different until I thought the speech by Sam was appropriate. I thought it was a little long, um, but I think I still think it was appropriate to build his direction. And then, and then I thought it was kind of cool. And I don't know why I thought it was cool is that, you know, Zemo's Butler blew up the rest of the Right. We saw that as kind of the final tie off on the whole, you know, plot by the super soldiers, the flag smashers, they all get loaded into a truck one of the guards that loads him in the truck says, you know, one world, one people. So we understand that he's probably going to do something to free them at some point in time. And as they're driving away, you know, Baron Zemo's butler is in a car and blows the whole truck up and kills him. So Zemo literally. So there's only one left now, right? I think there's one. The one he. The one that was in the water. The one that was in the water. That he had to go get afterwards. That's the only one left. Uh, Right. And I'm sure he'll end up in the raft and won't end. It won't end well for him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That and, and so you saw, I think the show did, uh, you and I feared this last week, I think the show did do a good job of tying off on a lot of the plot points that were hanging. Wow, you, you're that, absolutely right. Because yeah. that part of the show, kind of getting through the whole Flag Smasher takeover of the GRC, was really on the first half of the show. Yeah. And I was watching, I was like, is it over? And then they went into kind of the, the follow-up scenes. And they did a really good, and each one of them tied off on a different plot point. We saw... Sam go to Isaiah Bradley's house. Yeah. And, you know, met with Isaiah and you could see him accepting him as the black Captain America. Isaiah was proud of him. He's yeah. like, you know, look, I don't agree with what you're doing. I think you're you're going to be challenged in ways that you don't understand. But 
you know, you did it. You did a good. He's like, you know, Malcolm, you're no, you're no, you know, Martin Luther. And he's like, no, no argument there. He said, but you did, you did a good job. Keeping him grounded. He was keeping right. him grounded. Right. But then taking him to the Smithsonian oh, huge. and showing him the display that he had gotten created at the Smithsonian talking about Isaiah Bradley and his struggles and what he went through to rescue his fellow, you know, soldiers and going through the super soldier experiments, he says, and he told him, no one will ever forget what you sacrificed for this country. And, you know, gave him a big hug at the end. And yeah. I, again, just strong. goes to show you how good of a person Sam is. Yeah. You know? Strong. Yeah. That, that was a very, to be, I was very worried that they were not going to be able to tie up at least half of what they did, to be honest with you. And, and, and I think they did a hell of a job tying up some of those loose ends. They opened some up, they left some loose and I was disappointed not in many. a few of them, but not many. You're not right. Not many. Because the next scene that we got was Bucky visiting. Let's put it this way. Agree Agree with me here. They tied up what they needed to, and they left things open that weren't really necessarily necessary for the story to be tied up. Right. You see what I'm saying? So so they left some and things purposely, open. Purposely. I, purposely. I think that they need some unresolved things. Like, we don't know what's going to happen to Zemo. We don't know, you know what the future of... We know where he's at, and we right. know that he he has the power to do things outside of the raft. Right. So uh, interesting. Yeah. So that was one of the things, and then and then, but the next scene that got tied up was you know Bucky visiting his Asian neighbor's house, who he had befriended, yep. whose son he had killed, and basically came 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 clean. clean yeah. Said I was the one who murdered your the your son was murdered by the Winter Soldier, and he said who was me. And, he's, and I had, I had no, no choice. choice. And he, he obviously just, and, and that's what Sam told him last episode. Is Gave he, him closure. You have to give these people closure. Give them something they need. Do the work, you know, and that, and he, you saw that. Great and, acting. I thought it was a little short. Uh, they probably could have spent a little more time with that because I thought it was for his story to end like that. But then wrapping it up with him giving the book away to his his therapist, I, strong. I finished the book. Strong. Yeah, left, her, left her a little note. I finished the book. Thanks for all of your Thanks. help. Thanks. Strong. Had all the names great. in the book crossed yeah. off. And, and so, again, I think that that was important for his character to kind of tie off on the demons that he's been dealing with yeah. and become the hero that he can be, right? And, and seeing the old man in the sushi shop smiling, uh, you know, grabbing some food with the girl, um, I, I thought that was great. It, it kind of gave him a sense of, okay, he's not just sitting at home, you know, still angry, sulking still be- sulking. He's actually out on his own now. He didn't need Bucky to come pull him out of the apartment for Wednesday's, right. you know, sushi. So right. I thought that was great. I, I, that's the way I, I got out of it, and I thought it was very interesting. That, yeah, cool. so they tied off on that. Yep. And then we got the scene with, uh, with Valentina and uh, John Walker and John's wife. And he gets a new uniform. And Julius Lewis Dreyfus, he's so awesome. Great. I mean, and they're going to use her character oh, again without question. Absolutely. I mean, she's too big of an actress. Too, too yeah, yeah. Too important of a role. They're they're using she her it. some way. She killed it. I, I thought her little snippet uh, and her little sassiness about man, I couldn't have, I couldn't have written that better myself, or could I have? No, she's she says, I might have had something to do with that, or did I? Yes, I did. Or did I? You know, yeah, it's like one of those you back know, and forth. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I could have like done she had something to do with Zemo's butler blowing up the the flag smashers. Yes. She's like, I, I couldn't have planned that better myself. Or, or could, could I? I? <laughs> right. That was great. I, I thought, didn't. 
Or did I? Or did I? <laughs> it was great. She left it wide open. I yeah. love that. That's so great. Yeah, I mean, but we see John Walker walk out with his. Yeah. He's like, it's the same, but, but black. black. Right. It's exactly his uniform in the comics as U.S. agent. So, and she calls him U.S. agent. She says, because the country might not need captain a captain. They might need well, a this U.S. Is interesting. agent. I think she, what she said was things are going to get weird and we're not going to need Captain America. Like the, she knows something's coming. Like why would she say things are going to get really weird and we're not going to need Captain America. We're going to need a U.S. agent. I thought that was interesting. So I, I think that was a loose end that was tied up for me was very satisfying. With and that and whole- unfortunately we may not see this until some of the future Disney plus series or maybe a future Captain America movie, Secret right? Invasion, uh, Armor Wars. Uh, I, I think uh, some of that we're going to have to wait Hawkeye, to see. Hawkeye. Maybe right. Hawkeye, yeah. Yeah, we don't know any of that, but yeah. maybe. But that was great to see him finally take on that persona, which we yeah. always knew he was going to at some point in time. Um, and then the final kind of end credit scene we got was Sharon Carter being pardoned by the same council that had stripped the title of Captain America away from John Walker. Well, Sam and Sam and Bucky were at his, they're having like a good old country boil down in, uh, what is it? Louisiana, Mississippi, Louisiana, Louisiana. Uh, I thought that was great. Bucky's completely relaxed talking to to Sarah and the kids are all over him. He's not just covering up his arm anymore. You just see their friendship and the fact that two of them are buddies and they're, they're, they're very linked. special. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was great. And we got the credits and then the end credit scene was Sharon getting pardoned by the government, by government board. Uh, she gets not only pardoned, but she's now offered her old position back in the CIA. Right. And she's ecstatic. And we see a little smirk as she's walking away from the, from the council. Agent and 13. Is she agent 13? Yeah. Well, she was. Yeah. And, and shield, but that, that she's out of that title possibly. But then she, as she's walking out of the courtroom, uh, she makes a phone call to somebody. We don't know who she's calling and says, line up some buyers. We're in line up some buyers. I'm going to have access to government secrets, you know, experimental weapons, everything. Yeah. Yep. And, and again, so she's been pardoned and been welcomed back into the government, but she's still acting as the power broker. So acting as the power broker or acting with the power broker. I just still can't yeah. believe she's the power broker. My only explanation to that is, is that she's a scroll and, and she's a part of the secret invasion. I, I, I don't know, but I just was really disappointed we'll in see. that. Uh, some of the plot points and the way the, the, the show was kind of clunky because of that. And, and then the Sharon Carter aspect of it. Um, besides that, I thought it was, it was decent. Still, episode five is my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Well, let, let's tie off in the show completely. So what did you like about the show? I loved Sam, the, the new Captain America outfit. I think it's hot. I think his goggles, you can see they got infrared. They've got uh, certain tech in them. Um, I, I just, I thought that was killer when he flew in there and, and showed the outfit. I, that's what I needed. I've been waiting for it the whole show mm-hmm. and we got it in a spectacular and a really action packed, high intense action packed sequence. I really like that. I loved the, the, uh, the Bradley, the Isaiah Bradley tie up. And that kind of coming full circle and Sam making right by him as best he could. I think they did a great job of using Isaiah Bradley as the motivation for Sam to become Captain America. Because at the beginning of the show, he had basically relegated himself to the fact that I'm giving up the shield. I don't want to have anything to do with Captain America. And he, they used Isaiah Bradley as 
a reason for Sam to buck the trend and all the things that Isaiah went through, instead of saying, you're right, I can't do this. He said, you know what? I need to do this for you because of everything you yeah. went through. Yeah. Um, as a black man in this country, I need to do this. And I love the fact that they use Isaiah as a way to motivate Sam to become Captain America. And I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. I thought that was great too. So those points, uh, the the Bucky, the development of, of Bucky, uh, the way he kind of finished out his book, uh, the character arc of uh, John Walker becoming U.S. agent. I thought that was great. Uh, the Flag Smashers. And no, no, no. We're only talking about things you like. Oh, okay. Uh, so I like those, probably those. I think the integration of the Wakandans into the story was brilliant. Uh, I thought that was cool. That was a really great way to kind of get them involved to some extent. And yeah. also their involvement in the creation of his new uniform was, was great. I thought Baron Zemo being part of the show was Oh, fantastic. I just thought you talk about this last episode. You're talking no, no, no. about the whole show. I'm talking show. about the whole show. Oh, We're wrapping oh, up the show. Agree. I agree with both those. Absolutely. Bringing Helmut yeah. Zemo in and... And building that character and showing that he is somewhat of an anti-hero. You like him, but you hate him. Right. Who else do we like and, and Dan, hate? And Daniel... Well, Who else do we like and hate that is probably one of the best Loki. villains? Right. Yeah. Right. Great. And, and Daniel Brule, just fantastic in that role. And uh, But again, just tying off the whole entire show, the things I liked, you know, again, you mentioned a couple of them, but also, you know, Zemo being part of the show was fantastic. Yeah. I think they did a good job with the John Walker storyline. I think that that was really, really well done. Um, kind of, you know faking out Sam to some extent and kind of giving him more motivation to take the role on. I think all that was great. Some of the special effects were great. Some of the flying scenes and action scenes were fantastic. It yeah. was it was a Marvel movie and a TV show, which was fantastic. So those are the things I liked about the show. What didn't you like about the show? What didn't I like, and it was no fault of theirs, is the big plot change. The, the pandemic and the virus that they had to cut out of the plot, I felt like... It, so it people it don't very, understand this. The name of the studio that filmed this show was called Pandemic Productions. Yes. That was the name of the studio they formed for the Falcon and Winter Soldier show. It was called Pandemic Productions. They had built in a pandemic plot line into the show from day one yeah. and had to change it because of COVID-19. Yeah. That is unprecedented. I mean, I, I that they I, even pulled it I'm off. I'm surprised we haven't heard from anybody from Marvel yet about this. You know, Hey, you have no idea what we had to do to change the plot of the show. And here's yeah. how long it took and how many reshoots we had to do. I, I, I can't wait till that comes out at some point in time. Somebody, Kevin Feige or whoever coming out and talking about that, because I want to hear that. Yeah. I want to hear all the struggles they had to deal with, but it was obvious to me that I, and I, I was very dubious of the Flag Smashers and Carly and that whole group being Professor, the level a big word. You of, hear that dubious level big of villain villain that they expect that we they expected us as the viewers to, to portray see them as. Yeah, they just didn't they didn't rise to the level of oh my gosh Agreed. we have to stop them. Yeah, and had they released some virus on the world that was killing people, then maybe that was well, they would have been way bigger threat than right. what they were. They were super soldiers. And I, I did like how they kind of latched onto we got to stop the super soldier program. program. Yeah. Right. And that kind of became the main theme right. of why they were going after them. But yeah, I, no fault of theirs. Um, well, and we don't know the whole extent of that, but I think the Flag Smashers as an you know, anti-hero slash you know, antagonist for the show, I just didn't buy. And it really didn't rise to the level of, oh my gosh, they've got a big villain to fight, right? Yeah. And so that was something I did not like. 
Um, your, your point about the whole Agent Carter, Sharon Carter, Agent 13, power broker thing. I just think they could have done it better. They could have done it differently. It, it just was a little empty at the end. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's not, I don't know. I, I just think if she is this powerful, all-seeing, all-knowing, uh, big, you know, kingpin, you know? She's no kingpin. She's a smoke show. <laughs> you know, go play with your 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 positive, your your strengths. Play with your strengths. She's a smoke show. And and she could have had a big redemption story in the in the in the show as well. Of I had to go underground and create this new life for me myself, but I can redeem myself and get back into my old life and become the person that I was before. Yeah, and, I thought it and was. They cho- chose to twist that. Yeah, I, I thought it was cheap, and I I thought. Um, it was easy, lazy writing, but yeah. you know what? Uh, the rest of it was great, so it, it, it turned out. Now, let me ask you this. Better than WandaVision? I'll say that from a dramatic kind of week-to-week, we-can't-wait-to-see-it perspective, no. WandaVision, like every week we were on the edge of our chairs, like what's going to happen next week with WandaVision? We weren't that way with this show. Yeah. But what I'll tell you about this show is every week it delivered more than I expected them to deliver. And I'll say this is this is a type of content I expected for Marvel, yeah. and they did a great job with it. Yeah, I, WandaVision, we were getting questions, and our, our videos that we were putting out and our podcasts were getting way more play. People wanted oh. answers, and they were looking for more answers. This is kind of this straightforward. straightforward. Yeah, yeah, you don't really need an explanation of these shows. Right. You know, it's it's a lethal weapon movie. It's right. kind of cut and dry. Uh, so, uh, And let's I, just say, I mean, I, I, and I want to say this clearly, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan killed it. Yeah. They were... I mean, I think they were well cast in the roles they played in the movies thus far. John Walker, too, I think. Yeah, and he was very good as well. Yeah. Uh, you could say that Daniel Brule. I mean, we say yeah. that about a lot of the characters that we saw. And again, Marvel casting is great. But I believe that the establishment of Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan as a team that can carry a movie by themselves is established. And they did a just an incredible job of building their characters up further than we had built them up in movies before this. Yeah, you said it before, and you were absolutely right. They are B-level characters in the Marvel world that have surfaced to be A-level characters. They're leading men now, Yeah. Uh, so, which I think is great. So yeah. uh, my opinion, uh, I still like um, uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier more than WandaVision. Uh, I think the last two episodes of WandaVision are spectacular, um, but they were short. Uh, it was quick. Um, I, I thought it took too long to get going. Right. And this show kind of kicked you in the butt as soon as you watched it. The first it. episode, you know, being was spectacular. 45, 50 minutes or whatever long, whatever it was. Great I mean, it action. Just, oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. And it was like, okay, this is what we want. There were some slow parts to it, but I, I like this better than WandaVision. So what questions are still unanswered from Falcon and Winter Soldier. What do we still not know that we were hoping to know? What like what remains to be seen? What things are still hanging out there? You know, I think one is, you know, what what happens to Zemo? Um I, I think and, and we'll get into that with some other uh discussion later in the show. But I think what happens to Zemo? Where is he going? Obviously he's got some kind of intel and he can he can maneuver things outside. Uh, what 
what's Val's? Uh, what's her play in who all is of this? She, who who is does she, she work for? Exactly. Who's pull, is she pulling the strings or is somebody pulling her strings? Does you she know? work for somebody? Right. Is she working on her own? What's her motivation? She's and obviously affiliated with I the government. That's a, that's a really good unanswered question. It, that's what I was saying. Yeah, that's you know, a that good one. one. I, I didn't need it. It didn't, right. it didn't close out this whole how about, show. How about where's Cap? That that is also something great that they they really didn't need to answer. They didn't here, need to answer it, but they toyed around with. It. They danced around with it enough. And I to think spark they were ambiguous about it for good reason. A very because good reason. because I think that now they have plans. Leaving it open means it could be anything. Could mm-hmm. old man Cap resurface and come back in a future movie or future TV series? He can because all we were told by Sam and Buck was that Cap's gone. Not right. that he's dead. Not that he's you know he's gone. Gone is very ambiguous, right? Sure. It's like it, it could be anything, but they leave that open. They leave open the fact that could he return as young Cap? Maybe. And you know, again, I, I the fact that we weren't told where he was or what happened to him or did he die or do we ever see a funeral or any, nothing. Um, we there were rumors that there were a couple of cameos for the show that weren't able to be filmed or weren't filmed because of the plot changes and some other things. Sure. Like, El- like WandaVision, WandaVision, Dr. Strange. He, right. He couldn't even come, make it there. He couldn't make it. To he was do in his quarantine yeah. right, in New Zealand or wherever he was. The same with this show, right? So there were several. Well, yeah. And, and you know, the, but supposedly old man cap was supposed to make a cameo and, yeah. and that would have answered that question. Um, we know, Possibly Elena Belova, the version of the the new version of Black Widow. That's that's yeah. Black Widow's sister from the movie Smoke Show was a, supposed to be in this movie, yeah. uh, in this show. But that was when the movie was going to be released before the show, and it made absolutely no sense to introduce her you into a show. We didn't her. know her as a character. Yeah, after right? if. If Black Widow had aired before this, it would have really been cool. To like have she, her show up. To have know, her show up, it would have been kicked ass. But that, but you couldn't do that. No. So, yeah. again, some things were changed. And, 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 again, we'll never probably really understand the full extent of that. But, um, you know, I don't think there's too many other unanswered questions that I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe they didn't tell. Like, we had a ton with WandaVision. Yeah. There weren't too many with this one. Not too many. I mean, Batrock was trying to kidnap a soldier in the beginning, and I've I got slapped around on Reddit and some other uh, blogs because I brought that up. I was like, "Hey, does anybody know who he was trying Cap- to kidnap?" Captain somebody. Who he was trying to kidnap and why he was kidnapping him and what relevance that had to the show. And they were like, "It's unimportant. He was on a mission. It was just to bring out." Th- the Falcon. I think that's that's true. I, I may, yeah. I okay, it. conspiracy so, theory. Titanium I dropped it. Is, I dropped it. Is, I dropped it. Thinking it's somebody more important, but the fact I know, of the matter. I'm just saying it was, it's yeah. Mephisto. That's all I'm saying. It's Mephisto. Okay, but yeah, I dropped it. And there were several others that I dropped it. I was like, all right, Tom, Titanium, you're 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 barking up the wrong tree. It's not that important. The big ones are the power broker. And was I wrong? I was way off. Well, and again, off. I think for the power broker. Sharon was the most obvious choice. Like literally they were dropping every hint in the world that she was the power broker to your point. And we denied believing it because it was the most obvious and it, it didn't too make, obvious. It was too obvious. It's like, well, if, if it's her, it doesn't make any sense. Well, it did make sense because it was her. So whatever. I mean, we'll just have to deal with that. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's move on and, and we'll kind of segue into the first n- news of the week, which follows on to the show is that, on Friday, when Falcon and Winter Soldier released to Disney+, Plus, Marvel came out and officially announced that they've greenlit Captain America 4. Yep. 
starring Anthony Mackie as Captain America. Absolutely. And that speaks volumes to his performance. Yes. That speaks volumes Validates. to his performance. And, and the, the fact that they probably were holding on to that to see how well this show did. And I, I think... Maybe, yeah, to some extent, to for some sure. Extent. But I, I, I mean, we've talked about this. Anthony Mackie just, I mean, I, I literally can't begin to describe how well he did in this show. Like, yeah. he, re- he really did carry the show, and Sebastian Stan did a fantastic... And again, I think the two of them are going to be in Captain America 4 together. Of course. We know that. They're going to be paired together for some extent, extent of time. Now, the remaining questions are, and I kind of teased this with you a little bit earlier this weekend, does that... What version of Captain America we're going to see? Are we going to see only the Falcon version, or does Steve come back in some some role? Is the old man Cap kind of mentoring them, or do we get somehow, some way, a younger version of Cap come back? The multiverse is being exposed, and there's lots of things that are happening between now and when that movie will come out in 2023 or whatever yeah, it is. No, I think it's even later than that, right? Isn't it? Yeah. So there's a number of reasons why we could see Steve Rogers again. We, we could have the Young Avengers by then. The right. Patriot could be involved. Right. There could be several Captain Americas. Yeah. But who knows? Uh, Anthony Mackie, but I think, deserves it. the fact they announced it, it yeah. is Huge. awesome. Yeah. And, and again, I think Anthony Mackie earned it. I mean, he did such a great job and he did, you know, he, he deserves it. So uh, big announcement for Marvel this week after the show. The other huge news that came out this week, uh, this past week, we finally... Got a teaser trailer for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I thought... And we've been talking about this, Titanium. We've yeah. been talking about the fact that the actors were incredibly disappointed. They haven't even released anything about this movie yet because, the, you know, this movie was supposed to come out in July. We were all excited about it, and it got pushed to September because of the delays in Black Widow again. Yeah. And the actors were pissed. They're like, look, this movie's been done for so long. We're so excited for you to see it. Give them something, and we got something. And there's been some uh, reports in the news about the Asian community uh, being discriminated against and some violence towards the Asian community. And the, the actors were like, look, there's no better time to release this trailer than now. We need this. So the community needs it. The Asian community needs it. And uh, I, I thought it was spectacular. I I thought it was great because I'm a huge Kung Fu fan. Like I, I'd go see, you know, Fist of, I'd go see all those Bruce Lee movies in the theaters when they were released. Um, I, I love those, like going to the theater and watching those Bruce Lee movies. And I, I just, I'm a huge karate movie fan and I thought it was, it was really good. Now, that being said, I also thought the Loki trailer was really cool and kick ass. So a, am I more excited for Chang-Chi than I am for Loki? Probably not. Well, we'll get Loki before we get Shang-Chi. Thank goodness. Is, yeah. So but, I can get I can get more hyped about. But what Shang Chi did? It was a very short teaser trailer. Yeah, introduced Shang Chi as a character. You kind of get some backstory into him. Yeah, he's the being son raised of by the his, Mandarin by his father, who has the and the, the what they did with the ten rings and in the comic books, the ten rings of power are actual rings that you put on your fingers. Yeah, and from what we've seen from the teaser, they're bracelets that are worn by the yeah. Mandarin. So let me let me just tell you this quick little story. Uh, they released the the movie poster, right? They released the movie poster before the trailer. And I put the movie poster on Reddit and I said, could these be the 10 rings instead of on his fingers? Because his outfit, they have these, but they're like, 
I think there's like seven on each arm, but they're like little rings on his outfit upon his forearms. And I was like, could these be the 10 rings? And I kind of got torn up, but people were like, you know what? That's not a bad theory that the rings aren't on his fingers like they are on the comics, that they're on his outfit. Now, later, now that the trailer's out, we know that, no, that's just his, <laughs> that's just part of his outfit, Titanium. You're talking about Shang-Chi's outfit. Shang Chi's. He's got right, these. But we do know different. the Mandarin wears correct five bracelets. So I on was each half arm. right. Yeah, I was half right that the Mandarin wears five bracelets on each arm. Yeah. Each one of them is one of the ten rings of power. And you see that when they reveal the logo, you can see they are like the size of those bracelets instead of rings themselves. You know, each one of them being in that logo of the Mandarin. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, and there's actually shots of the Mandarin with the rings, the bracelets on. And then at one point, there's a quick shot of them kind of glowing blue and they're up his rising forearm, up his arm, rising yeah. up his arms. And they kind of re- emitting some kind of electricity or power or something. It's really cool. Very cool. I mean, you know, Aquafina being in the movie, uh, obviously being the comic mo- relief kind of character yeah. friend driving the bus. That right. Was cool. uh, that was great. But we get some flashback scenes from from previous history. We get some scenes in China. We get some scenes in San Francisco. Yeah. We're uh, going to get an origin story, I think. Of yeah. The and I, I just think him as a character and having him cross into the MCU and now being able to cross over into other Disney plus series as yeah. well as other movies is going to be fantastic to your point. The reason why Marvel created this character back in the seventies was because of the popularity of Bruce Lee and the popularity of his movies. And they're like, we got to, we got to do something in comic books to kind of grab hold of this. And this character, I'm going to tell you this right now when this movie comes out in September, this character will be incredibly popular. As popular as the Guardians of the Galaxy became when that movie came out, wow. Shang-Chi will be that popular. That's a bold this statement, will Professor. Be, they're going to be saying, when are we going to see this character? Wow, again? that's yeah. a bold statement. He's uh, it's, it's not domestically, the, tr- the teaser trailer's knocking it dead. Like off yeah. the charts. Now, in Asia, it's getting more dislikes than any other trailer release ever. And I don't understand that. Like, why, why wouldn't they love this? I mean, it's all... Give it, it time. They'll, I get it. They'll, they'll grasp hold they'll, of it. They'll, they'll be fine. In China, it got panned. The, at least the trailer did. It got so many dislikes, and it was unfortunate. I think it was really unfortunate. All right. So what, what other news we got this week, Tony? Well, uh, we got... <laughs> believe it or not, we got a smoke show. We got a, we got well, a smoke you, show alert. Yes, we did. Emily Clark. Amelia. Amelia. Am I saying it wrong? What's her name? Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. I'm sorry. I thought, would I call her Emily? Yeah. Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones, the, the princess drag, the queen of dragons herself. Daenerys. Daenerys Targaryen has joined the Marvel casting crew. And this is not the first time that a character from the Game of Thrones has been cast in a Marvel movie. We have two of them in the Eternals movie that we know of already. Right. Right. Jon Snow playing the Black Knight. Black Knight. Yep. Right. And we have Rob, Rob Stark. Jo- Rob Stark. Rob Stark playing um, the leader. Icarus. Is it Icarus? Icarus. Yep. Yeah. The leader of the Eternals. So, yeah. So she she was signed to a con- now very, again, ambiguous from Marvel. We've signed Amelia Clark to play a role in Secret uh, Invasion, an undisclosed role yeah. in the Marvel Disney Plus series Secret Invasion. All we know about Secret Invasion is, and those of us have a little bit of knowledge of that storyline in the comics that itself. It is the exposure of the invasion of the Skrulls 
in in Earth taking over and basically find we find out that a number of squirrels had invaded different superhero teams and different government agencies and basically put people on ice or killed people to take over as that person so that they could you know promote their agenda the scroll agenda on our planet and we know that Samuel Jackson's coming back in that uh we know that um guy who played Talos um yeah he's a scroll name. he's like the scroll king or scroll leader he's right. coming back so they're in that show for sure. Yeah. Um, but we know Amelia Clark is going to be playing a role. Smoke now, show. does she play the Squirrel Queen? Does she play a Marvel superhero? Right. Is she playing somebody else? We don't know who she's playing, but we know she's been signed. In nor- and it's got to be a big role because it's an enormous signing for Marvel yeah. and an enormous announcement. Um, and now it just makes us look even more forward to that show than we w- might have before. Yeah, I'm hoping she's uh, some and that's kind coming of out next year. By the way, that's oh, coming yeah. out like next oh, fall. They're, they're going to start filming at the end of this year, right? So we'll see that next summer, next fall. So that that's coming out, which big big news. We yeah, also heard awesome. that you and you put this in the news that that Michael Keaton did confirm that he's now greenlit for the the, the new Flash. Yep, movie. he's going to reprise his role as Batman in the new Flash movie. Yep. So he confirmed that. Yep, he did. Okay. Because I he mean, was very vague about that before. He said, well, we've talked about it, and it's in a drawer somewhere. I've never really kind of like, you know, officially done anything with him, and I got a lot going on. I'm not sure if doing So he came out and said it's happening. I don't know if he came out and said it. But DC did. But DC and, and all the media, like, you know, comicbook.com and... Uh, marvelmemes.com and all them have written long editorial pieces on he's coming and the, to school and the dark us. web no dark web this is legit <laughs> web no dark web and the and the final piece of news this week which which you and I probably saw at the same time uh Russell Crowe went on uh some show this week and confirmed that he had been filming for Thor Love and Thunder in the role of Zeus. Zeus, yeah. So he's playing Zeus in Thor and Love and Thunder. And and this is something Russell Crowe announced himself um, that he's been working. He'd been on set and he's been, you know, filming scenes. Uh, he just, I think he had just wrapped his final scene or whatever, Thor, Love and Thunder. So Russell Crowe is Zeus. That's, so there's a couple, from my perspective, there's a couple directions they're taking this. Is, is Zeus the character the Greek god Zeus. So we know the Greek gods have been in Marvel Comics before. Hercules has been in Marvel Comics, was a member of the Avengers for many, many years. Zeus, the character, exists in the Marvel Comic Universe. Is Zeus the character going to exist long-term in the Marvel Comic Universe? I doubt it, and here's the reason why. So we know that Christian Bale is playing a character in Thor Love and Thunder called Gore the God Butcher. Yes. And what he does is he goes around the universe and... His, he wants to kill all the gods of the universe. Apparently, they let his parents die, and right. he's got a and vendetta. Who's a god, and just happens to be Zeus. And Zeus? so, could this Russell Crowe version of Zeus be a temporary, you know, casualty of Gore the God Butcher? I, that's my theory. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'd be all right with that. Yeah, he's a good character. I mean, I mean, he's a good actor. So, yeah. and a big actor. I don't think you could afford to keep him for more than one movie. No. No, I agree. So that's a great theory. Yeah. That's I, I like it. All right, well, let's transition into our topic of the week this week. And uh, I wanted to pick something a little bit timely, and that was the topic of who are the Thunderbolts? What yeah. are the Thunderbolts? Who were they? Why did why were they formed? 
How were they formed? Because we believe that the Falcon and Winter Soldier Disney Plus series was setting up some of the kind of underlying concepts of what could become the Thunderbolts in the future. Agree, yeah. So we're, we're not talking about the MCU. Uh, the professor is going to give you a little background of the comic uh, origins of the Thunderbolts, which will help you with the MCU once they eventually. I mean, I think, I think, so. I think we're con- convinced that at some point in time, we're going to either see the Thunderbolts in the MCU or what are called the Dark Avengers, which was a version of the Avengers that were kind of more on the questionable moral side, you know. And say it, say it. Who else we might see? Well, I'm obsessed with. The, the Red Hulk? The Young Avengers. Oh, the Young Avengers. Well, yeah, I think that's going to come at some point in time, too. Yeah. I mean, they're setting that up as well. But Agree. Um, so let's talk about the Thunderbolts. So yeah. there was a point in time in the comic books, there was a storyline in the comics uh, called the Onslaught Crossover. So, you know, Marvel does these big crossover events where they create this big bad and all of the different titles that are integrated with what's going on. We've seen that with Civil War, Secret Invasion, uh, you know, uh, Secret Wars. There's been a ton of them in the comics before, but they'll create this big storyline and then all the titles kind of integrate with them at some point in time. So there was a character in the comic books called Onslaught. Onslaught was, don't want to get too into depth about Onslaught, but it was the evil side or evil side of both Professor X and Magneto's mind. Um, Professor X had, they fought against Magneto and, and his Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. And to stop Magneto, Professor X had to shut down Magneto's mind. To do that, when he did that, the evil part of Magneto's mind latched itself onto Professor Xavier's mind and then... The evil part of Professor Xavier's mind and that evil part of Magneto's mind combined to create this character called Onslaught, which ultimately found a way to manifest itself as a being. And then it was all powerful and all these different things happened. But to beat Onslaught, the character, the Avengers and the Fantastic Four died. They basically, you know, collectively went into they broke through Onslaught's armor, went inside of him, and went into some void, and were no longer. So, so to, to, to defeat Onslaught, they sacrificed. They their fact lives. sacrificed themselves. I got it. Okay, Be- they, for some because Onslaught was so powerful. Well, and he was a mutant, or he had been born from mutants. The mutants, X Men, could not defeat him, and so the Avengers and the Fantastic Four were the only ones that could penetrate his armor and get in and defeat him. Well, they end up dying, quote-unquote. You're never dead in the Marvel Universe. Um, and they were def- were gone. So Baron Zemo had come up with this plot to build a or reform the Masters of Evil, which was a team that he had had in the past. Um, he had kind of reformed them temporarily to free Goliath, who was one of, the, one of his teammates before, and he's like, oh, we've got the team back together. Let's just reform the Masters of Evil and attack the Avengers. And then he's like, wait a minute, the Avengers aren't around anymore. He's like, maybe we can fill this void that's been created by the Avengers being gone. So the Avengers were dead for all intents and purposes in the comics. And they created this new title in the comic books called The Thunderbolts. And us as fans all we were told was the avengers are gone a new group of superheroes have been created or have been formed to 
fill the void that was left by the Avengers. And here's who they are. And they first showed up in The Incredible Hulk number 449. It was the first time the Thunderbolts showed up in, in the comics. And then they had their first Thunderbolts number one comic book. And in that comic book, they go out on a mission and they're fighting against some thing. And there's a bunch of different characters. The original version of the Thunderbolts were uh, the character Citizen V, who was uh, kind of like a U.S. patriot version, wore the red, white, and blue, carried a sword. There was Mach 1, who was kind of think of him as like a poor man's Iron Man, had a, a mechanical suit that he could fly around in, and it had, had some weapons that would come out of his suit and things like that. There was Techno, who was a guy who wore kind of a cybernetic armor and could kind of do a bunch of things with technology. There was Atlas who could grow at will, become really big, big character. Songbird had the ability to create physical forms of things from sound. And then there was another character called Meteorite who had some mental abilities and could manipulate space and time and things, a bunch of stuff. So we get an introduction to all these characters in Thunderbolts number one. And at the end of the, of the issue, it's revealed that it is Baron Zemo and the Masters of Evil, that each one of these characters was secretly a villain a, a villain that had been in the comics for years, and they had just taken on a new persona. Yeah. And it was one of the most closely guarded secrets in Marvel. Wow. Nobody knew this. So when that issue came out and hit the stands, it sold out, like immediately, because then all of a sudden everybody knew. And then they had to reprint it a million times because it was like one of the most popular comic books ever, Thunderbolts number one. That's awesome. It was like, what a brilliant concept. Yeah. Take all these villains that that the Avengers and everybody else and Spider-Man and all these other people have fought against for years and create a superhero team and make them basically fake the fact that they're superheroes yeah. and they're actually really villains. That's so cool. It was super cool. And so for all intents and purposes, Citizen V was Baron Zemo. Mach 1 was actually the Beetle, you know, one of Spider-Man's, you know, original villains. Techno was the Fixer. Atlas was Goliath, who had fought against the Avengers many times. Songbird was Screaming Mimi. Screaming Mimi had lost her voice and wasn't able to produce her powers anymore, but they took technology from Claw and put a little uh, clasp around her neck, and that was what was able... She was able to manifest physical forms of sound right. with, with this thing that she got from Claw. From her necklace. From her necklace. And Meteorite was a character called Moonstone who had been a, you know, a villain for many, many years in the comics. And it was a huge reveal. It was like, oh my God, these are villains portraying heroes. This is crazy. Yeah. And that went on for several epi- several uh, issues of the comic. They just kind of were doing doing the things. And, and Zemo's motivation was, we're going to get everybody's trust. We're going to become the new heroes. Everybody's going to love us. They're going to give us access to government secrets. They're going to give us access to all these secret weapons and everything. And we're going to, we're going to sell them all to the, the highest bidder. And so that was his motivation behind the Thunderbolts is we're going to get access to all these great things because we're the heroes that everybody says, thinks we are, right. but we're actually evil and we're going to sell all these things. We're going to make millions of dollars. Well, then what happened is the Avengers and the Fantastic Four came back surprise you know they weren't actually dead they came back and it was exposed that the thunderbolts were really villains in disguise they were really villains in disguise of heroes and the avengers confronted them and all of the thunderbolts except for zemo and the fixer who was techno revolted against their own members and and captured zemo and the fixer 
And they were kind of given a pardon, say, look, if you kind of lead the straight and narrow, we're going to leave you alone, let you do your own thing. Um, As part of the Thunderbolts. Right. But you'll still be part of the Thunderbolts, but, you know, you kind of cross the line. And, yeah. and, and we're going to put somebody in charge of you who we, we trust. And so they brought Hawkeye in to lead the Thunderbolts. So, so Zemo and Techno, the Fixer, were captured, and they were put in jail, and Hawkeye now took over as the leader of the Thunderbolts, and he led this team of individuals who were who previously villains. There was a member of the Thunderbolts who was introduced before that happened, a character called Jolt. She had electrical powers, um, and she had been experimented on by Zemo's father, and that's how she got these powers. Um, and she was part of that team before she knew that they were all villains, and she was the only one who was kind of like didn't even know this. Right. Well, then when the team kind of, redeemed themselves. She was still part of the team. And then Hawkeye led the team for a long period of time. Um, and now in the comics, there were a number of future versions of the Thunderbolts yeah. as well. Um, I know you soldier led them for a little bit. Yeah. And, and we had a version that was led by, um, um, Norman Osborn for a while. Yeah. So he grabbed, he had, he created his own version of the Thunderbolts and led them. And then we had a version that was led by the red Hulk. Yeah. Um, that had like Venom and the Punisher and, yeah. you know, just these really questionable characters. So the, the team name has been around for a long time in the comics, but the whole original concept of the Thunderbolts being villains that have reformed or pretended to reform to become superheroes was just brilliant. And it was a hugely popular comic. And again, I think they're. I'll be shocked if they don't bring that into the MCU. They're either going to do something with that. And, and again, I think the only way they do that is they take established villains and then form a team from them. Like So yeah. we have to have those first, right? So yeah. I think Zemo's the closest we have to that right now. He's sure. been an established kind of anti-hero slash villain. But we need other villains to kind of be part of that team. And I, I, I think we'll get Taskmaster and... Um... And Black Widow. We already have the Fixer. The Fixer yep. was in Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, we haven't seen the Beetle yet, but we might at some point in time. But there's been other villains we've seen in other movies that may be part of that team at some point in time. So, But I think it's a it's a great idea, and, and I would love to see them do some version of that. Or the Dark Avengers, which we've seen in the, in, in the comics as well. Um, makes a lot of sense. But again, I think that's one of the great things that Marvel does that DC has failed to do so far. Is they build these villains as characters really well and make you either hate them a lot or understand where they're coming from, yeah. from a villain perspective. Like Loki's a great example. He's been a villain several times in the movies, but you kind of get where he's coming from as a person, you know, and yeah. you, you kind of like and hate him at the same time. I can hate him. Right. So that's the way we felt about yeah. Zemo. I think cool. uh, yeah. introducing the Thunderbolts would be fantastic, but I kind of wanted to give it a background of the Thunderbolts. Thanks, professor. The that's awesome. All that's right. Really well, cool. We do want to talk about the next few weeks. So no real new content for Marvel coming in the next four weeks. We don't get the first version of Loki, I think, in the first week of June or something like that. Yeah. I think it is, right? So we're kind of going to be doing some things in the next few weeks that we've been looking to do for, for some time now. We'll kind of get into that. But we do want to do a Q&A episode. So listeners out there, YouTube, Twitter. Yeah. If you follow us, uh, if you subscribe to us on our podcast, reach out to us, submit a question. 
we'll answer it. It doesn't matter what it is. Ask about a character in the comics. Ask about a character in, in the movies. Ask about what we think about what's going to happen in the future with MCU, with any with DC. Ask us anything, and we'll do a full episode of Q&A. So if we get enough questions, we'll do a full Q&A Yeah, episode. that'd be fun. Yeah. That's a great idea. We do have a, a listener question tonight. Oh, let's go. What is it? The listener question tonight is from Emma, and it is, who in the movie version is your favorite Batman? I know who mine is. Oh, I, I personally, it's Christian Bale for me. I mean, I think nice. those three movies that Christian Bale did were the Nolan Ryan, the no, Nolan Ryan, <laughs> the picture. He's now a director. Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. They were awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I think Christian Bale hit it out of the park. Um, the origin story he had in Batman Begins was off the charts good. Yeah. Um, the kind of. Dark Knight movie was one of the best, probably one one of the best comic book movies ever created, um, and and I mean that that was just a masterpiece. And then the Bane version we got in in Batman Returns was was also fantastic. Uh, Christian Bale is my favorite, w- without question. That's awesome. Yeah, I like Christian Bale too. Uh, I I do like Ben Affleck um, a lot. Uh, I think he would have been great in, in future movies. He's kind of that bigger, bulky, stronger uh, kind of Batman that I've always oh, the imagined. warehouse scene from Unreal Batman versus Superman is exactly what I would have loved to see Batman be going for. Just this yeah. badass, you know, has great technology, great, you know, fighting skills, but you know, he's not a superhero. So yeah, I mean. I agree with you. Ben Affleck would have been a great Batman going forward, but he's given up the role. Yeah, Christian so. Bale's mine. Um, Michael Keaton, a strong second with uh, Ben Affleck. But the those two, I loved Michael Keaton for some reason, just the, how old I was when those movies came out. Um, he was just fantastic. Um, but Christian Bale, those movies really hit home. And, I, I don't uh, think either, either, either of us would have expected Michael Keaton to be Batman as well as he was. he I mean, he was just... Wasn't what we would have thought of Batman, but no. he did a great job great in those job first few movies. Um, when they transitioned away from him and we got George Clooney and we got Val Kilmer, and that was just... I mean, even Adam West uh, was great, but um, to be honest with you... But not a movie version. Not a movie version of Batman. Well, he they did make some movies well, with him, but were they movie movies? Well, I mean, we so, grew up Christian on Bale, that. I think yeah. both of us agree. Christian, Christian Bale. Christian Bale, yep. definitely my favorite. Awesome. Sure. All right. Hey, Professor, I hear a bell ringing. All right. Well, that's it for us this week. We'll be back next week for more Super Talk. Please get in touch with us on social media via email, supertalkpodcast at outlook.com, or at SuperTalkPod on Twitter. Until then, stay super, everyone.